What if? What if gas went down to 99 cents a gallon? What would happen? We might just get in our cars and just drive around in circles in joy and in celebration. What if the Cowboys won the Super Bowl this year? What if violence ended, hatred disappeared, and cancer was cured? What if a thousand true believers met in here next Sunday to worship God with their voices as loud as they could? Well, some of these won't happen until Christ returns. Others might be a sign that He's about to return. But what if God spoke to us as we spoke and prayed to Him? In 2003, Jim Carrey starred in a movie that we're probably pretty familiar with. In fact, we showed a clip of it several weeks ago on a Wednesday night. But the name of the movie is Bruce Almighty. In the beginning of that movie, Bruce questions God because of some circumstances that had taken place in his life. And as a result of that, God, who's played by Morgan Freeman, decides that he's going to give Bruce just a little bit of the responsibility that God has himself. But rather than overwhelm Bruce with taking over the world and the six billion people who are living in it, he assigns Bruce just a small group of people in which he's assigned to listen to and answer the prayers of. It's about 20,000 people living in the Manhattan area. And the scene that follows is quite entertaining as well as insightful. First, Bruce tries to figure out how he's going to catalog all the prayers that come in. He starts thinking a file cabinet would be a good idea, but then he quickly realizes that takes up way too much space. And then there's the scene that if you've seen the movie, you can't forget. He thinks that maybe post-it notes are the way to go. And how they're able to do this in the movie is beyond me. But he's standing there in a room, and within just a few second, seconds, thousands and thousands of post-it notes just cover the entire room, himself and his little dog right beside him. And then he decides the best way to handle all these prayer requests is to simply have them in the form of an email. So he has his account and he begins looking, but it only takes a few moments for him to realize that this is going to take way too much of his time to answer every request. And so he selects all the emails and he uh, replies yes to all. And the next scene that follows, he's there in, at a party uh, and he's holding uh, a glass, a pitcher of water, and he's pouring it into a, a cup and it turns into wine and he's walking around and smiling. And we overhear these conversations. One man grew three inches taller overnight. Another man, his stocks tripled in just a few days. Another woman, my favorite, lost 37 pounds on what she called the Krispy Kreme diet. And 14,000 people won the lottery that day, which they had to split all among themselves. 
You see, it's not quite that easy to be God and to answer the prayers that we have. But what if? What if God answers our prayers as we talk to Him? What might it sound like? This morning, I want to take a a familiar prayer that most of you have heard and read dozens and dozens of times found in Matthew chapter 6. And I want us to imagine what would happen if God responded. Our Father who art in heaven. Good morning, Doug. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Yes, it is. Your kingdom come. I'm working on that. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 10-4. Give us our daily bread. I think I can handle that. And lead us not into temptation. I will certainly do my part. But deliver us from evil. Done. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Um, you forgot something. What was that, God? You forgot the part about forgiveness. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my bad. Oh, uh, forgive us our sins. Mm, what else? Um, please? Try again. Uh, forgive us our sins as <clears throat> we forgive one another. What was that? Forgive us our sins as we forgive one another. A little louder. I can't hear you. We have forgiven others. You forgot the as. Oh, come on, God. Doug. Fine. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven others. Okay. Okay, what? Okay, I will. You will what? I will forgive you as you forgive others. Okay, now I I really I don't I don't think that's fair. Oh, I think it is. God, you have no idea how bad I've been hurt. Oh I think I can. Okay, fine. I'll I'll forgive my wife and my kids and oh, and that guy who cut me off the other day. I forgive him. And Steve? Are you joking? I'd rather die. I'd rather you live. My son took care of the dying. I I just don't know, God. I do. Give up your anger. Experience joy, love, and peace that only comes through forgiveness. Trust me. God, please help me to forgive others as you forgive me. I already have. I love you, Doug. I love you, God. Thank you. You're welcome. Now wrap this up. You've got a sermon to finish. (laughs) Gotcha. What if God were able to speak to us? And what if we really meant the prayers that we prayed?
I like most of this part. I, I love your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm not a big fan of the daily bread. I'd like a little bit more than that, but you know, that's what Jesus prayed, so I'll go with that. But the one part I want omitted is not the forgiving of our sins. That's the big one. The big one is as we forgive others. I don't know about that. I don't like it. And part of me wants to scream out, it's not fair! But that's the part of me that knows that deep down inside, I desperately need forgiveness. And so you're probably thinking this morning as you look at your watch, maybe to see what time it is, but maybe to see what time of the year it is. Why are we talking about forgiveness? I mean, shouldn't we be talking about the birth of Jesus? Isn't that what's really important right now? It is. But I think this is an appropriate time to talk about forgiveness. One, is something that I've experienced the last few days and I just can't stop talking about it. I had the opportunity to be a part of a, a Kairos ministry. In fact, I'm, I spent Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, uh, involved in it. And then today, after we leave here, I'm going to head back up there. What is Kairos, you ask? Well, if you're Greek and know Koine Greek, you would say, well, it's, that's a word that means time. Uh, this actually is, is a program uh, that involves going into prisons and sharing Jesus and talking about grace and talking about that one big word that those men wrestle with every day. Forgiveness. Oh, there's a lot of reasons for them to be angry. A lot of reasons that they can justify their own anger. Maybe they're mad at their family. Their mother that abandoned them. Their father who was an alcoholic and who beat them. The uncle that molested them. The people that gave up on them. Most of them didn't grow up in a family like we did. Most of them grew up in violence, abuse, hatred, and dysfunction. They weren't brought to church. They didn't know a whole lot about Jesus. All they knew is that they needed to be quiet and hide out, especially when Dad came home drunk. And so for a lot of those men, you can't talk to them about a loving, earthly father and them have any idea what you're talking about. They knew about His fist, but they never knew about His embrace. And so they struggle with that. How do I forgive my parents for leaving, for beating, for not caring? And some of that transfers into how they see God. God, how would You allow me to be born under those circumstances? Why would You give me parents like that? 
Maybe they believe that God has abandoned them the way that they were abandoned when they were younger. Not only do they struggle with forgiving their family, they struggle forgiving their enemies. Whether it was out on the streets or inside the prison. Many of them struggle with forgiving authorities. Whether it was the police officers, the judge who sentenced them, or the jury who convicted them. For some, they struggle with fellow with forgiving fellow inmates. But almost all of them, or at least the 24 that i was been working with over the last few days, all of them struggled with forgiving themselves. The mistake that they made They will spend many days, if not all of their days, suffering the consequences of a bad decision or a set of small bad decisions that let them further and further down a road. They think about, what if I could go back that in a drunken rage they got into a fight and as a result somebody lost their life and now they're spending the rest of their life in jail. If I hadn't gone out that night, if I hadn't gotten angry, if I'd just walked away, if I'd set down that beer, if I hadn't gone out to the bar, how would their life be different? I'm not asking for sympathy for these gentlemen and that they shouldn't suffer consequences. I've, I've had an opportunity to work with them. I'll tell you this, the group that I'm working with on Tuesdays, I don't know hardly anybody that exemplifies a passion for Jesus and integrity in life in which those men have shown over the last three months. But it's not easy in there. They have little respect for themselves. They're shown little respect. It's hard to live that type of life. Being convinced day after day that because of a decision that they made, that they will forever be dubbed as a criminal who's worthless. And so they struggle with this idea of forgiving themselves. But guess what? We have a lot of prisoners who are sitting here this morning. You don't have to wear blue. You don't have to have a number assigned to your name. You don't have to be stuck walking around in a building full of bars to be a prisoner. You see, many of us here may not be in a prison physically, but spiritually and emotionally, we have been locked up because of the bonds of unforgiveness. Many of us, though we may have never stepped into a jail, have lived our lives in a cell, angry 
anger, brokenness, regret, and revenge have incarcerated all of us. These are the chains that wear us down. These are the chains that back us into a corner. These are the chains that Paul preaches about when he says, you have freedom in Christ. And yet for some of us, we can't hardly let go. As I was visiting with the the prisoners yesterday, the inmates, I gave a hypothetical. What would happen if the guards walked in and said, you know what, it's time to start over. We're going to unlock these doors and you can walk out and you can have a new life how many of them would say, I'm miserable here, and I hate it, but I won't walk out behind these bars. You know how quickly they would head out that door? It would be ridiculous for them to say, I'm just going to stay in here and be locked up. This morning, I want to tell you something. The doors have been opened because of Jesus. And the anger, and the unforgiveness, and the revenge, and the regret, and the self-loathing that you have, for the relationship that was broken, or the marriage that was torn apart, or the words that you shouldn't have said, or the thing that you shouldn't have done, and it eats on you and eats on you and eats on you. Or maybe it's what somebody else told you, the thing that they said. I want you to know something about forgiveness. Forgiveness does not happen because of time. And if you think someday I'm going to forgive somebody in 10 years, that is a lie and Satan is going to feed you that until the day that you die. You will not forgive someone because you get tired of being angry at them. Unforgiveness is a blanket that we wrap around us and we feel good when it's there. I know I've been there. I have wrapped myself in the blanket of justification and self-righteousness and told God over and over again that I hope those people burn in hell. And I wanted so bad to see their lives fall apart. And when they did, I thought, things are going great. And when they didn't, I said, God, don't you hear me? They deserve worse. Whatever they did to me and my family, they should get it back. God, I'm leaving room for Your wrath. Let's do this. And it ate me alive. I spent all my days 
thinking about what they had done, rehearsing how they had spoken to me, how they had treated me, how they had torn a part of my dream and my future. And I convinced myself that they were terrible and evil people and nothing good could come of their lives. That every decision that they made had to be hurtful to everyone. That they were ungodly and God was going to get them back. And I couldn't wait for that to happen. I even convinced myself that anybody who talked to them or associated with them had to be just as evil and as terrible as they were. And folks, I want you to know that it absolutely destroyed my life. It hurt my relationship with my wife and my children. I walked around angry. All I wanted to do was just wrap myself up and how mad I was. And I want you to know, every day it got worse. Time did not heal those wounds because I was too busy reopening them every day. And that's what unforgiveness does. Why are we talking about this right now? Because we're entering into a season where we're going to be surrounded by family. And we're going to think about some different things that have happened in our lives. And some of you are going to have a hard time. You may sit down across from the table from someone this Christmas who you haven't forgiven. You may sit down at a table that has an empty seat. And maybe you're still struggling to forgive the person who sat there. Or maybe you're angry at God that that chair is empty. Or maybe you hear stories about the birth of Jesus. And you can't imagine that God would send His Son on this earth for you. I want you to be free from your guilt. And even more than me, God wants you to be free. How much would He pay for you to walk out of that jail cell that you've created for yourself, what would He do? He would trade His Son's life so that your sentence would be forgiven. Don't allow yourself to be locked up anymore. Begin today. Be intentional about offering forgiveness to people who hurt you. Let God's grace fall on your life. You will never hurt them by being angry at them. You will only trap yourself. And God says, I want you to be free.
may we forgive God as He has forgiven us. May we start a new life and each day because of the blood of Jesus forgive, love, and show grace to a world that needs Jesus just as much as we do. If you are in need of that grace and forgiveness this morning, if you're ready to start down a road where you want to begin showing the forgiveness that Jesus modeled in His life and what He gave to us, I want to encourage you to come forward now as we stand and sing.